Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio. For 10 years, the number one Irish tech podcast, bringing you the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, as well as a show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app on Spotify or iTunes or whatever you listen to podcasts on, we keep you bang up to date on all things tech every single day with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. Joining me, as always, is a Tech Central Editor-in-Chief. And, of course, the big story this week is the Apple September announcement. Yeah, yeah. And we have a lot to get through. This was this is probably one of the busier announcements I've seen in a while. And some things people were really interested in seeing, but there was a lot of stuff that I'd, I'd classify as being sort of under the radar that I thought was really interesting as well. Ah, very good. Now, because I was, I was thinking like a lot of stuff that I've been, I didn't watch it um, mm. because when I got around to watching it, uh, it had finished. And I went, God, that was quick. Yeah. Um, and uh, then also everything that I've read has been all super positive about Apple this and Apple that and everything's mm-hmm. great and da-da-da and all that kind of stuff. And that's what I like about our podcast um, because we are kind of a little bit of 50-50. <laughs> Uh, usually, and, and the fifty is on <laughs> the fifty is on this side of the desk, and the other fifty. Well, I'll tell you, well, I want to be convinced, all right, because you know Apple do a lot of very good things, and when you look at the headlines, it looks fantastic. You know, new cameras on the phone, there's the mm. TV service, yada yada. Um, but I was generally just not impressed. Whereas you've come in now, and you are surprising me by saying it's one of the best ever. Uh, I did not say that because, um, as usual, I mean, under the Tim Cook era, we don't have that sense of theatre anymore that, that we had under Steve Jobs, even though it is in the Steve Jobs theatre, mm-hmm. but uh, let, let one have nothing to do with the other. Uh, I mean, this is very much corporate Apple that, that we're getting now. And um, it's, it's a lot of the old reliables, but a few things that we knew were in train and now finally they're landing and we're getting a sense of, oh, right, OK, this is, this is what it's going to cost. This is when we're finally getting it. Um, a couple of notable emissions. Um, there were rumours that we'd be seeing things like, you know, maybe a new MacBook Pro didn't happen. Maybe we'll see, you know, pencil compatibility with um, maybe the iPhone or, or lower level iPads. Eh. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, we're never going to see wireless charging on a, an Apple device. Air power is just not going to come. Uh, we are aware of that at this stage. What, why, why is that? Well, it was cancelled ages ago. Yes, but you're saying that'll never happen. This is kind of like standard with a number of the other large manufacturers now. Yeah, which, which large ma- manufacturer would you be? Uh, uh, you be? Now, if I'm not mistaken, Huawei is one of them. Yep, that's true. And that's true. Samsung is the other. Yep, Samsung is the other. Um, so I, I can't see it happening with Apple soon. They kind of stopped talking about it. So eh, maybe maybe they've moved on to, uh, to different pastures there. But uh, can we bounce around? From different services. Let's please do. Okay. So let's start with uh, Apple TV Plus. Because we were talking about this a few weeks ago and what it could potentially mean. Uh, We finally got a release date, uh, which is going to be the 1st of November. And we have a price, which is going to be a paltry €4.99 per month. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you already own an Apple device like a Mac, an Apple TV, iPad, you know, an iPhone, you can get up to a year free. Wow. Okay. So they they are practically giving this away. Practically. And you know who isn't going to be happy about this? Who? 
well, a certain company whose name begins with a giant N okay, and has an so awful lot of rubbish on their catalogue. Okay, so it's not Nisney. It's not Nisney. <laughs> <laughs> they've, got, they've got their... I tell you, they could not care less. I tell you that much. No, Netflix will not be happy because they're charging ten ninety nine for, you know, not an awful lot of stuff worth seeing. Whoa. Now... Okay. In my universe, Apple are charging four ninety nine for not an awful lot of stuff worth seeing. Okay. Um, and I kind of looked at the the price when uh, when I saw it. I went four ninety nine. Oh wow! They really just want to buy their way into it and get mm. everybody to try it. And at four ninety nine, man, who wouldn't? Yeah. Okay. Um, but the best review I have seen of what's available on Apple TV is great, fantastic, four ninety nine. But what will you watch on the second day? Yes. Yeah, that's true. You don't have that problem with Netflix. Uh, yeah, that is, that is true. But, you know, in Netflix, you run out of stuff fairly quickly. Mm. Now, is that is that worth, you know, €120 Euro per year versus 60 Oh, are any of them worth anything? Well, it's, we're getting to the stage where streaming services are the new TV channels. True. And somebody totted them all up and said that if you had all of the various streaming channels, you'd be spending, you know, the guts of 80 quid a month. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. Now, there, there's, you know, a few that I would get that I find interesting and one or two that I'd like to get uh, if time and budget allowed, mm. you know, uh, like there is a, a really interesting one called Shudder, which is devoted to horror movies in mm-hmm. particular, which I, I'd like, but I just don't have the time to watch that many movies. Uh, I, I have Netflix and I have movie um, movie. I barely get around to, to using even though the catalogue is really good uh, and the movies are really interesting and I like the way they handle things but uh, yeah uh, if I could get HBO Go I would be delighted because I don't I haven't watched Game of Thrones yet so I don't know what's going on there um, and it would be a lovely thing just to be able to dip in and out of but again I'm not sure I have the time and you actually can't get it over here yet which is a bit annoying so once you actually start topping totting up these things yeah they mm. do get rather pricey they do um, the only thing that with the Apple TV thing is that I, it appears to be because when you go to uh, TV and Apple it doesn't tell you everything that's there. It just tells mm-hmm. you kind of the highlights and all the Apple originals and stuff like that. Yeah. And if it's a case of when it launches that the only thing to watch is, say, 10 Apple originals, mm. well, then I don't think it's worth the, the four ninety nine a month when you compare it to Netflix. Yeah, okay? yeah. Um, however, it could well be that it is Apple originals and a whole load of other content. Yeah, that yeah. may also be available on Netflix and Amazon and yada yada because I mean these things are available on multiple platforms. Mm. It'll come down to the you know which mm. which uh, prestige TV platform. I think I think you've got to wait. In. And then the other thing that really annoyed me about Apple TV. Okay, straight away if you want to watch Apple TV, well, firstly you've got to have an Apple product, okay. or uh, and the Apple product has to have a minimum blah blah blah. blah. So I've got my I've got whatever two or three different Apple laptops. Mm-hmm. I don't bother upgrading the uh, the OS because they work. Yeah. They do exactly what I need for them to do. And if yeah. I have to upgrade, then I have to upgrade all of the software. And I'm not doing that kind of cost. Hmm. Um, and to watch Apple TV, of course, I have to upgrade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the latest. I was like, how annoying. Yeah. But I think you can watch on a on a fairly standard browser on anything. Right, and you know, if you're streaming to uh, a regular Apple TV, 
that's not really an issue, is it? No, no if you stream it to a regular Apple TV piece of hardware, yeah, yeah, that's fine, and it should be capable of running the latest bit of software or whatever. I'm not sure, but that's a real Apple caveat, and that's a real yeah. way how they get people. So you could have the original Apple TV box and be sitting there and happily go, "Hey, mm. I can't wait to see what they have," and then the TV would go, "Oh, sorry." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So it was um, what was that? It was uh, uh, Black Mirror. Is mm-hmm. the TV series and yeah. uh, band, Bander? What was it? Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. All right. So this is the one where you can choose which way the thing goes. Yeah. I went fantastic. I've got to watch this. So I had my box, which I got from the cable TV company, mm-hmm. which is the latest box that they have. Right. Put on Netflix because a little Netflix app on it. I mm-hmm. went fantastic. I can't wait to get in and watch this. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And a little message comes. Sorry, you need the latest version of whatever of whatever it was. Yeah. And I'm kind of going. That is the latest version. <laughs> <laughs> so it is really annoying. How whenever. How whenever. So yeah. price-wise, you're impressed. Uh, we're impressed with uh, the kind of programs that the originals that they do have. Uh, you more so than me because you know more about them. Okay. Than I do. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. very impressed with them. But what we don't know is how many of those things are there. That's true. And we don't know what other catalogue is going to be there. So really, it's kind of a, a wait and see until the first of November. Yeah, kind of, especially when so much of Apple's uh, iTunes revenue comes in from either selling or renting uh, movies. Yes. Well. So this isn't, I can't see this being a like for like Netflix versus Apple thing. I don't think so. Uh, and that's going to be, I think that might annoy a lot of people when they discover what they've actually signed up for. All right. Okay. Well, listen, that's Apple TV. Anything more on the TV side? Uh, Yes, we have Apple Arcade, another thing that was mooted. Now, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, it sounds good. It sounds interesting because, as we know, Google is trying something similar uh, at the moment with Google Stadia. Um, Very simple online streaming games. Uh, Again, Apple are pitching this at... uh, for euro ninety nine cents, getting a release on the nineteenth of this. So not not too far away at all. Um, now at the uh, presentation, only three games, three exclusives were were shown. Actually, two of them were exclusive. The mm. third one uh, was called um, Sayonara Wild Hearts, and that's actually going to be a Nintendo Switch game as well, which I think says an awful lot about where Apple are looking to compete in this. So they're not going for the hardcore games market. They're not going for Xbox or PlayStation or any of these people. They're looking at sort of the more casual stuff. So they're they're looking at sort of the level of games that are doing well already on iOS and things that would do well on sort of the Nintendo kind of level. That's where they want to pitch. That's fine with me. Um, These aren't games that I'd be particularly interested in. These are are kind of... I don't don't sort of denigrate them by saying they're time sucks or anything Mm. like that. But um, yeah, not the sort of thing that you're going to get engrossed in and spend you know, millions of hours playing or anything like that. Uh, just things that you can pop in and pop out of. Um, I know the best way to sum up that service. Okay. I, even though it's not true, but it's the, the meaning of it is bang on. Okay. Games for mom. Ooh, okay. Controversial. Controversial. Although, in fairness... Most most gamers are women, really, aren't they? Mm-hmm. That was um, the oh no, there's a ton of them. You see them on the TV ad at, at the moment for Air, where it's the girl is wiping the floor with the three lads on the on, on the couch. Yeah, and that's that's a little bit of mischief right there. But when it comes to sort of the casual games, mm-hmm. um, it is mostly women playing. Oh, absolutely, them. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but by, I'm by thinking quite a of, now. I'm thinking of my mom. All right, who's sure. let's say over sixty. Yeah. All right, and it's the kind of game she'd be able to play. Yeah. Little puzzle games and so whatever happens yeah. to be. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's let's lash through a few things that were not terribly interesting. Okay. In. Okay. Uh, HomePod not happening. Not mm. over here. Not dead. It is happening over there. Um, and they've got two things that are bleh by our standards. One is uh, radio streaming mm-hmm. because 
What? Alexa doesn't do that or hasn't done it since day one. Alexa does do it. Yeah, that's what. That's my point. Well, it's, like, right. it's not an interesting feature. And uh, what streaming radio? Streaming. You're radio. saying that to a lifelong career radio man? Yeah, exactly. to my face. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Journalists can't stand them. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, the other one that's actually quite interesting and would be useful to uh, somebody that uses uh, an Amazon uh, Alexa and whatever mm. uh, Echo and whatever form you you have it is um, user detection. based based on voice, right? So you can have your profile, right? And uh, you Hang can, on, this is on Apple? This is on Apple. All oh, right, Kong, so right? they're copying something Alexa does already. Blah, blah. I, I have no <laughs> idea. Um, so you can come in and you can say HomePod, whatever, and uh, it'll go, oh, hi, Dusty, how are you doing? These are the things that you that you like doing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Alexa does that. As does one it? of my friends would always say, that's impressive until you, until I speak to it from Scotland. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Grant, we'll 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 park that. So um, also all, all the little bits. Yeah, CarPlay uh, has gotten a little bit of a refresh. Mm. Uh, again, it seems to be a UI thing more more than anything. Mm. Uh, a, a bit of user experience tweaking. The the map goes to one side, the buttons on the other. Just makes it easier to get at things. Okay. Um, fair enough. I I don't think I've ever used CarPlay. Have you used CarPlay? Uh, I have actually. Uh, I've used the Android, not the uh, Apple version. Um, and I was actually kind of surprised at it how good it was. Really, you enjoyed it, yeah. And uh, and uh, a lot of cars these days will come with both, which I think is fantastic. So depending mm. on whether you've got an Android or an Apple phone, but the whole idea of this CarPlay thing is brilliant. Okay, grand. I I accept your uh, I accept your opinion. Uh, right. Let's let's get to to from my perspective so some things that are more interesting. Uh, Siri, what is the biggest problem with any and all digital personal assistants? Uh, basically that they can't do the simple tasks that you ask them to do. <laughs> uh, yes, basically. And that's not Siri. I'm basing that on Google and, uh, and Amazon. Yeah, they no, drive they, me nuts. They all suffer from the same problems and speech recognition is primarily one of them. And also, you know, speaking back to you is appalling because they're stringing together sounds instead of recognising words. Yes, or even context. I find Google is is okay with context. Mm. So, like, if you've got the three or the four key words in there, so to speak, in whatever order, yeah. Google seems to know what you're talking about. Yeah. Whereas if you don't get the exact sentence correct, Alexa hasn't a clue. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure what the experience is with Siri. Do, do you have that uh, with Siri? Yeah, well, Siri has a refinement. Uh, I, I, this was, uh, I think this was mooted for iOS 12, and it sort of went quiet, and, and now it's, it's finally here, is what they're calling uh, neural text-to-speech. And again, it's that idea of not picking out the words, but mm. pe- but understanding things in context and being able to deliver something back to you uh, in a more conversational way. So instead of saying, you know, Siri, what's the weather like outside? Instead of going, the weather is, it'll just go, oh, it's, you know, the weather is, etc. And it's and much, on, much yeah. more uh, natural. And, you know... Uh, if it's if it feels more natural to uh, engage with Siri in that way, people are going to use it an, an awful lot more. So, um, yay to uh, neural text to speech, which segues very nicely into the next thing I want to mention, which is uh, the AirPods. Okay, AirPods. Are you in favor or not? Now, there's so many bloody pods in the name of Apple products. Uh, I can. The HomePod is the speaker. Yeah. The uh, AirPod, are they the in-ear They're the in-ear things, the yeah. little white things hanging out. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Grant, okay. So, go on. Uh, yeah. Am I in favour of them? Yeah. 
I've never tried them, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, apparently, they go okay, and I see lots of people with little white worms hanging out of their ears, so they must be popular. That's that's a really nice way to put it, white worms. But as a style, I think everyone is jumping onto this this kind of um, form factor at the moment. Sony do them, Samsung do them. Everybody seems to have some riff on this on this idea. Mm-hmm. Personally, I find that style really uncomfortable to wear, mm-hmm. um, so I won't be I won't be going near them. Uh, I used to have. Um, a set of ultimate ears. You, you're familiar with those. They sort of go over the ear and they, they fit into your ear canals. All right, uh, okay. And they're yeah. meant to be super snug. Um, the ones that I have just kept popping out of my right ear and they were incredibly uncomfortable to wear. Um, so I just, I gave up on them fairly quickly. Although the experience of, of listening to music through them was actually quite nice when I could get them to sit in place. It was like having music beamed directly into my skull. It was it was quite interesting. Um, but I just couldn't get them to sit uh, in place and they were just really uncomfortable. However, the, the AirPods seem to have, I don't know if the right expression has solved that problem, but they've certainly made earbuds cool again anyway. Um, and uh, part of that is their convenience. They come in their little case and they're, they're charged by whatever and that's that's quite nice um they've got good battery life on them but they now have nice siri integration uh which uh extends to having messages read to you by siri into your into your airpods oh that's cool i think that's pretty cool i Mm. think that's that's a nice little feature um and i think that will do sales of airpods no harm whatsoever so I think that's sort of the the small things that that we would normally talk yeah, about. So there, there, there was one really big announcement though yesterday, wasn't there? And it might have been the iPhone 11. Oh no! Just, no. just as a helpful reminder, I'm I'm, I'm just squared <laughs> off sort of the small things. I know right? exactly. I know exactly. So we can, here we are the main presentation today, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Well, the the top three. Okay, one was the uh, Apple Watch Series Five. Okay. Coming to us on the 20th of February, starting at €459. Euro. Hang on, the 20th of February? Sorry, 20th of this month, S- September. Oh, thank, thank God for that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Slapping the wrist. Um, yep, so that's coming 20th of this month from €459. Euro. The big thing, uh, from what I can tell, is a Compass app. <laughs> um, yeah. And what they're, they're, what they're calling a low-temperature polycrystalline oxide oxide display which basically keeps the screen on all the time okay so it's got all, all, always on display always on display okay that, that seems to be the the big thing uh i'm drawing a line under that because it, it seems to be more of a um the, the the apple watch just seems to be improving a little bit a little bit a little bit with each generation do you think those watches have taken off are you seeing them in day-to-day life i'm seeing other brands do them yes therefore they have taken off okay grant that's my that's my take on it. I don't really so. Yeah, I won't. I don't wear a watch as it is. Um, I funny neither do I, and that's almost a deliberate thing because I just don't want to know what the time is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, because you constantly, if you're constantly looking at your watch, then you're constantly putting yourself under pressure for whatever the next thing is, yeah. which actually kind of can stress you out a little bit. Whereas when you don't have the watch on, it's like eh, whatever, and you set an alarm on your your um, uh, your phone. Yeah. Well, you know, what What do you sit in front of for eight hours in the day anyway? Well, and then some uh, computer, of course. Yeah. And there's, yeah. A watch, there's a clock on that. <laughs> there's a clock on that. So, you know, what's what's the point? OK, uh, so the Apple Watch didn't uh, inspire or excite us, but uh, no. it, it was there and it did its thing. OK, so in second place. Second place from the 30th of September, starting at €399, Euro, going up to €499. Oh, yes. We have the next generation iPad. Now, bigger screen. 
bigger screen, 10.7 inches, mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah. Um, still the same sort of familiar form factor. Mm -hmm. um, what really excited me about this, though, uh, is and it's something that I've said a lot over the years. Um, my opinion of the iPad has evolved uh, concurrently with how I'm using my iPad. Right. Uh, my iPad is now my laptop, basically. Um, you know, my the first iPad Air or the first iPad 2, I think, was the device mm. that really sold me on the concept. And um, I think the iPad 2 was one of those things that Apple got too right, I think, because it, it was in, it had incredible longevity. For for something in its product class, it did. It was a cracker, all right. It was yeah. a great device. When you when you say you use your iPad as a, a laptop, do you yeah. have a keyboard and everything? To go I do. With it? Yes, oh, okay. I have a very nice uh, Logitech keyboard that I've plugged into it, uh, which did not cost the earth, mm -hmm. unlike the official Apple one. Hey, which, well, there you go. Which really does. Uh, it's it's kind of ridiculous. But Apple are now pitching it as this is your basic end laptop, right? What this thing can do is what the iPad Pro could do. Two years ago. Wow. So they're, they've sort of, they've left behind that pure content consumption element, right? They, I think they're thinking, look, you've got an Apple TV to stream from your iPhone. That's fine. That's content. Uh, however, productivity, we know that our laptops are, are premium. They're quite expensive. If you want a gateway device that will do a lot of what we want you to do on a laptop. So if you're writing a Word document, not formatting, but writing just a Word writing, document, how are you writing uh, an email or stuff like that? Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Uh, and I think that's a really important distinction that you made, writing as opposed to formatting, because mm. you do need a proper screen. You need that extra layer of control. Uh, you do You do need a mouse input. Mm. Um, to to sort of get a get a document looking right and you know ready for for business. I totally agree with you there. So for I, I guess drafting, that's this is the device for you. Um, and Apple have you know they've they've admitted as much um, with their uh, with their new iPad. And you know the price point that it is, um, I would not say no. It's, uh, I'm trying to think now from what I remember, it's in and around the 400 quid mark, a little less, maybe to, to start, to start, which I think was roughly what the original iPad cost when it came to market, I think. Uh, was it really that, that price? That's always yeah. fine. Uh, now, if you were to go out and get a Chromebook laptop, which is probably the cheapest laptop that you, you're looking at, yeah. you're looking at, well, 300 quid anyway. Uh, and less. And less. Uh, less. 250. Yeah. All right. Let's say 300 for the sake of argument and an iPad of 400 for the sake of argument. Yeah. Now, if you can use an iPad as a laptop, you're doing a hell of a lot better on an iPad as a laptop than you are on a Chromebook as a laptop. That's my opinion. Okay. Back, back that up, good sir. I don't like Chromebooks because everything has to be done online. Okay. All right. Uh, but it's still essentially a laptop. Yeah. Whereas with uh, an iPad, if you're just using it as a basic laptop, uh, you can still carry it. You can still store lots of content on it, uh, watch movies, listen to podcasts, uh, whatever happens to be. So that's why I think it would be better value in the long run. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, you know, I have all my sort of productivity apps linked into my iPad and I find myself using my laptop less and less. It's actually been one of the contributing factors to me putting off upgrading um, my computer because I can still do everything that I want mm. on my iPad and it hasn't become a big enough barrier to my productivity 
um, that I'm feeling the need to upgrade my computer again. Well, that, I, I think a lot of people will be like that. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, right, uh, shall we move on to the number one? Yeah, let, let's get to the, the main talking one. point of the Apple um, presentation was, of course, the uh, brand new iPhone 11. iPhone 11 and the iPhone uh, Pro Max, the 11 Pro Max. So, uh, w- whenever we look at these things, the obvious points to stand out are the processor, the battery, the screen, and the camera. Okay. Those are our four points. Um, now, l- let's tackle the issue of... Issue. Issue. <laughs> I'm calling it an issue because let's, let's, just go to, let's just go to where people are most um, impassioned. I guess. Okay, which is, is this which is the uh, camera. Ah, I would have said the screen. Oh, okay. Hit me, hit me up with your your take on the screen. No, no, no. I'm just thinking, like you know, kind of it's it's the thing that you look at the most often. Okay, the camera is important, but I would have said the screen. But but anyway, the camera. But the, I w- would say that with the iPhone 11, um, I don't think the actual phone has changed that much. It's been upgrades and really the only upgrade worth talking about is the camera and what they've done. And what they've done with the camera, you're going to hate me, is they've made it as good as a Samsung. Okay. Um, I was actually going to uh, berate you on this because I was all ready for you to say camera meh, right, as as you often do. But the last time that we talked about a camera and you got excited about it you had a flicker a recognition that something interesting had been done was with uh, Huawei uh, Mate 30 I mm-hmm. think was the one that I tried last um, and it had two cameras mm-hmm. uh, one of which was the the super wide angle you remember that one that's it and then you've got your regular and then you had your regular yeah. and you were like wow that's that's really interesting because that was the first, pe- they were the first people to have done that. Now, mm. since then, with Samsung, I think it's the Note or it's the 10 plus 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 whatever. Um, but one of the high end Samsungs has got four cameras on it. Mm. And I think it's the Note plus 5G, right. which is the most expensive. One. And that has got regular lens, mm. fisheye lens, mm. which can also work as a, a close up macro lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got the ultra wide lens, mm. our side, the wide lens. And then the ultra wide lens. Yeah. So there's four. Yeah. And Apple now have three. Uh, well, yeah, they, they have two on the basic model and they have three on the mm. Pro Max. Um, and what jumped out at me and what had me going, Dusty's going to love this, is the effect both cameras have on the design and the feel of both handsets. Well, they stand out a mile. They they look like they, there's something being plastered onto the back of it. It looks like a uh, a, a tricoder from Star Trek. Ah, okay. I wouldn't. I haven't thought of that. <laughs> He's not, I had not, not thought of that me either. Are you? Well, I have to, to trawl through the memory banks on that. But I think it is a. I don't want to say ugly, but if. Ooh. If you had a case, it's a really good argument for getting a case. Because that will hide the lens will, to a certain extent. It will hide all that. Okay, all right. Um, because I think in the next generation, we're not going to have that same 
thing. It's yeah. going to be it's going to be flush because they'll have figured out a way to to make either the lenses um, narrower or sort of the gubbins underneath mm. smaller. Uh, I think this is uh, it's a temporary fix. And I think are are we falling into the the thing of never get um, the first generation Apple something get the second. So if this is the first generation of this uh, version of camera integration. No, we, uh, yes, we have always said get the second generation, but we've always said buy the even number phones. Yes. So never the, buy an odd numbered phone. Never buy an odd number phone. So th- this is sort of the, the showcase. This is what's coming. This, yeah, this is where it's going. Yeah. And if you really, 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 really want it now, you can buy it now, but wait until the iPhone 12. Uh, yes, I think that's. I think that's now, probably the best. Do you know what really annoyed me when I when I read about uh, the camera review on the iPhone? Okay, go on. I have no idea. It was pitched as this is the iPhone for professional photographers. They always say that. I tell them like if I was a professional photographer and I was taking pictures with my phone, I would fire myself. <laughs> <laughs> Like, seriously, I know that they're kind of, they, they say the best, we always say in radio, all right, the best microphone is the one that you have with you. Yeah. And it's the same with a photographer, the best camera is the one that you have with you. Because mm. if you're somewhere and something happens, click and you've got it, well, that's what counts. Yeah. And admittedly, with an iPhone or any smartphone these days, you can get pretty good coverage, be it video or be it a, a, a photographer. But to pitch it as something that professional photographers would use on a regular basis. Give me a break. Well, this is something that has cropped up every so many years that this is the film that was shot using an iPhone. I think Tarnation was the first um, Mm. documentary to do it. There Mm. was another film a couple of years ago called Oh, what was the name of Butterfly, I think? But a couple of years um, ago, yeah. And so many of them are made with iPhones now. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you're the proud owner of a gimbal for, uh, for a mobile phone. So I am indeed. You could, you could do that if you so wish. A nice little steady cam yeah, uh, to no, hand. Absolutely. Um, and yes, Apple do love to be procreative mm. and to go, look, these are the people that are at the top of their field and what they can do. Guess what? We're not at the top of that field. <laughs> Exactly. We we can do selfies and exactly. filters. But listen, I, I actually think that that's a, a thing. There is the joy in the cell of Apple. Do you know what I mean? Like they know darn well that for professional photographers would not use that on a regular basis. But when you tell a normal person mm. that this is the same type of camera that a professional photographer would use and it's got all the various lenses and you can do all of those amazing shots yourself, well, people then just want to go and do that. Yeah. And why not? Well... I think that's a little bit of a false economy, the idea of pitching to the creative, because we would all love to be creative. We would all love to be really competent in all the tools genuinely creative people are competent in. Okay, well, I would have put you and I down as genuinely creative people. Uh, well, thank you very much. Yeah. I consider you genuinely creative. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> it's a love-in. <laughs> uh, I tell you. But, um, you know, we would love to be able to use a camera properly. We can't. We don't, we don't have the time to invest in it. And this is the thing that I am absolutely, it drives me nuts with the creative industry, if you like. So I'm talking about video, graphics, um, anything computer-related, audio, sound, podcast, radio, television, all of that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Clients are now looking at you going, sure, I could do that on my iPhone. Well, there you go. And you're go. just kind of going, oh, my God. And then you say, listen, not only could you do it on your iPhone, but if I gave you the actual equipment that you would do the job with, you still wouldn't be able to do it because it's not the equipment, it's the person. 
Yes. And it's their experience and it's what they've learned and it's their education and, that, and that's what makes it. My favourite story is about the plumber who walks into it and, uh, and they say... Yeah, there's various versions of it, but the, the, the plumber is like, you know, blah, blah, blah. he just takes the thing off the tap, he puts a washer on and uh, and fixes it mm. and charges 75 uh, quid for it. And you once say, 75 quid, my God, should that washer only cost like a euro? And he mm-hmm. goes, yeah, but the other 74 is for knowing where to put it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. But we saw it with um, Microsoft uh, Windows 10 creators update where they did the demo and there's all this nifty 3D stuff and augmented reality stuff and, and all that kind of thing. Did anyone go out and buy an augmented reality headset no, or a VR headset? No, 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 no. No. no, the tools are out there, but, you know, people yes, but who want said, to use them will use them. I think, it, like, in general, I think it's fantastic to have these tools because there are genuinely other creators, other people with fantastic stories and ways of telling them that are coming to the fore now mm. that we would never have seen before. I and mean, you've got a lot of bloggers on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Years ago, we had uh, various podcasts and stuff like that, uh, and some very interesting people came up um, from that. Mm-hmm. So it's great to kind of give these tools and, and to see what happens. Yeah, but you know. is it is it enough to, you know, become part of your business model? No. Mm, maybe not. That's a, that's a whole different area. Yeah. So whole, anyway, anyway, that's, cam- that's the cam- camera. Camera on the iPhone. Okay. Uh, yep. Design, processor. Uh, processor. Uh, they've gone with the Bionic A13, which <sighs> is see? a step up from what they had. Apparently, it's twice as fast. Well, they, yay. Yeah, exactly. If they actually put something in Intel in it that we knew about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Uh, and I think we'll be, I think the, the buzz is they'll be moving away from Intel processors fairly soon. Anyway, mm. they'll, they'll just be doing their own in future. Um, in terms of design, um, most recent uh, iPhones have had that glass back, making them a little bit slippy to hold. Um, they have changed that a little bit. It's got a matte finish on the back now, so it'll sit in the palm of your hand a bit easier. Um, uh, the charger has moved from a 5 watt to an 18 watt charger so they reckon uh, you, after maybe 30 minutes you've got a full charge as opposed to waiting God knows how long with a with a 5 watt power thing oh, I had to charge my iPad the other day it was like 5% and I swear to God it was like 4 hours before it was up to 100% it was ridiculous <laughs> I, I almost had to leave it overnight you know um, ok battery uh, apparently over the previous generation the iPhone 11 Pro uh, will give you uh, more than four hours over the mm. previous one, and the Pro Max gives you five hours more than the uh, than, than its predecessor. So right. that's that's not bad at all. And uh, the display display is kind of interesting, I suppose. Um, it's got a contrast ratio of two million to one. Check that out. Well, yeah, I'll tell you that really rattles my bones. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know. uh, display size, 5.8 inch for the Pro, 6.5 inch for the Pro Max. Um, but what's, I don't want to say what's interesting, but you would think that, you know, we always look at the display as the state of the art. Um, display and battery. We've, we've covered battery there. So display now. The current iMac Pro, that's the all-in-one, not the cheese grater one. Um, that's got an industry leading um, uh, display, yeah, right, uh, and that's that's kind of uh, where we are um, with the iPhone 11. That's the I think that's the technology that they're using, um, which is which is great. Um, I don't I don't know though. I mean, is is miniaturizing what's there on the Pro model? 
I think I know what you're getting at. It's like the screens are pretty darn good on smartphones yeah, these days. So how are. much better could they make them? They can turn around. I'm, one of my favorite videos that I've seen in the last year right, yeah. is a guy who's gone on about 4K. Right. So basically, he's kind of going, he says, okay, so basically then we had, we had HD, which was 1080p, and mm. this is how many pixels, and da 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 And he says, a 4K, yeah. essentially, that uh, that quadruples everything. Yes. And he goes, blah, 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 and so on. And he says, now, this video, actually, he said, is in uh, is in 1080p. And he says, and this pixel here, <laughs> and he actually circled one, has been dead for the entire thing. And you didn't notice. Yeah. And he says, and that's on 1080p. <laughs> He yeah. says, you're not going to see this on 4K. And now True. they're talking about 8K or 16K. Yeah. There's got to be a limit where you kind of go. <laughs> yeah. I Bear in mind, what are people going to be watching on this thing? Yeah. They're going to be watching YouTube clips. Well, <laughs> that makes it even worse. Yeah. At best in HD. <laughs> True. You know? And um, that's why I I wonder about overspecking. Yeah, I think it's it's selling for selling's sake. That's what it is. And when you're trotting out numbers like you say with the contrast ratio is two hundred thousand to one, I mean that means nothing to nobody. Uh, well, I mean to to a certain subsection. Okay, of right, a, a subsection of a subsection of yeah, the other yeah. subsection, I would say. But uh, very few people would know what that means. They just look at it. Yeah, you know, it's it's like radio. People have gone on about uh, digital radio for for years. It's not in stereo. All these radios are mono, and, you know, yeah. and all these sp- smart speakers are coming out now. You know, the Amazon, whatever. They're all mono, mm. <laughs> and yeah. nobody's batting an eyelid. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I don't know. It's it's something that I, that is starting to occupy mm. my time because um, in my my travails of looking for something, uh, looking for a new computer. Uh, how long I'm doing this? I don't know. But um, you know, it said to me like, "Are you buying something? Just you know, are you overspecking what you're going to buy? Because what do you actually use this for?" Uh, and I thought that was a really pertinent question because my, you know, as a technology journalist, my um, instinct is to max out everything. Do I need to for for the kind of work I do? Exactly. That's, you know, I think that's the question people should kind of ask themselves when they when they sit down to, to buy something. It's like, OK, you know, the options are there. Mm. And you, you you might go okay. Let's go full SSD mm. for for this uh, for this Mac. But do you know what a Fusion Drive actually does? You know, given that most people are storing things to the cloud anyway, a Fusion Drive will probably give you just as much performance as an as a uh, an SSD in real terms, because a Fusion Drive just keeps the uh, keeps one bit of system mm. memory. Mm. And then just assumes you're going to be using another part for storage. But if you're not doing that, then why not just uh, not worry about it and just have a low capacity uh, fusion drive? You're very, very philosophical today. So basically, you're just kind of saying we don't need most of this new tech for the kind of so you've got to find rank, rank, ramp up and say what do I actually need this for let's, and let's if I'm just, sending a text message to my mom once a week well then yeah. I don't really need it okay well that's, that's a very interesting point of view of course uh, Niall let's uh, just because, get back to basics Dusty okay and basically Niall <laughs> uh, the basics are is that Apple have just released the uh, the iPhone 11 it's awesome it's, it, it is <laughs> it's kind got of a awesome. 200,000 to 1 contrast ratio and I need one <laughs> I think a lot of people will be thinking that and sure all 
why not? If you have €1,100 to spare, go forth. <laughs> Off you go. All right, listen, that is our coverage of the iPhone uh, 11 and all of the big Apple announcements during the week. Now, thanks, as always, for keeping us up to date. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. Next week, European Games Week will be taking place in venues all over Dublin, mixing an industry summit with two full days of gameplay. Now, Kitson met with the brains behind the event, Graeme Moore, to discuss Ireland's position in the games industry. Any sort of a big event like uh, what you're doing with uh, the European Games Summit is uh, it starts basically with community, and this has been a long time coming in Ireland. Yeah, um, yeah, it has. And you know, if you're looking at the kind of the gaming hemisphere, uh, whether industry or consumer, it all boils down to the down to the community side of things. Um, and you've got so many different types of communities uh, spread across Ireland. You've got from game dev to game design to game art. You've got colleges. You've got standard gamers. It's kind of it's a broad canvas, and until you kind of understand each one of those canvases it then you kind of kind of build a full a full picture of what it can look like and uh, one of our goals is always to interact with those communities kind of get involved on the ground level as well so we can see what they're doing and then what they're doing what they need and the main thing is why, why we run a summit is what do people need you know why is it does is it whether it's uh, how to how to promote their game is it which way to do that? Is it what's what's the new technologies coming up in game design? Um, what are people doing in music? Um, for example, like Emer Noon and Craig Garfinkel, the two of them are putting on workshops at the events and stuff like that to give hands-on experience to either budding uh, game developers, and game artists, and stuff, or people who just have an interest in the kind of business side of things. So uh, obviously, Discord is one of the biggest platforms now at the moment for that. So we, our team, our extended team, uh, are kind of experts in their different different fields, and we overlap them quite often, and we try to build them into our communities. And um, once we build them in, they get their hands on, and they can give us advice, and we can give advice back and kind of grow it, grow it from that scene. Because if you don't do if you don't do it from the community side of things you'll never understand what people want and if you don't understand what people want and you're kind of just you're not really doing what uh, what you set out for that element of outreach and um uh building sort of a super community if you will out of all these sort of pockets of interest uh, I imagine that's been very challenging and uh, I guess some some doors will open easily and some just don't some people just don't want to admit that there is potential for this kind of industry yeah it's and I think it's the kind of a little bit on the Irish nature you know it's uh, you know this is my baby you know I'm going to grow my baby and you know um, uh, I, I appreciate your help but you know, I'm, I'm going to start this as, as small as I can and I'll grow up that way. Uh, we have a very different aspect and different view on it. Um, the way we view Ireland specifically is because we've looked, because we've known this for years and because we know the community and how strong um, the game community in Ireland is, is we want to showcase Ireland straight off the bat as, you know, look, these are the big events. You know, this is what we're putting on. You can come to this. You can learn. You can do whatever you need to do on that high level. You don't need to start small. You don't need to grow it as most Irish people do you know small from the grassroots up we can give you this platform that you can reach out uh, to these high um, you know big studios internationally or you know even locally and stuff like that and how you can evolve your business and how you can evolve what you're doing to that level instead of actually just starting off small and that kind of stuff so um, that side of things we're, we're quite passionate about and it's one of the reasons why we are doing what we're doing 
I think that's a very um, it's it's a problem unique to Irish business. I find that it's very much oh you wouldn't want to play with us because you guys are really good at what you do. Yeah, very much so. It's um, like we found when we first started, we'd find a lot. We'd try to knock on down, knock, knock on doors, and people would say to us, "It's like, well, we don't know who you are. Go away." You know, it's like, and um, and then as soon as people started to get to know who we are, and those doors started to open. But as we started opening up those doors, then we found other people trying to knock on knock on our door and trying to go look can we get involved how do we get involved and stuff and we'd never close the doors and those type of people like one of, one of our goals is obviously to grow the Irish, Irish uh, base and gain digital hub as in Ireland like uh, from a European standpoint and uh, so like even at our events we have people grassroots all the way up to um, some of the biggest studios in the world and we don't believe that you need to be a certain size or you need to have a certain leverage or you have to be a certain person or anything like that to get involved. It's very much, look, this is the, this is the access. We're giving you the access. Take it, take it as you will and try to try to interact with us and we'll try to interact back with you. Um, so there's no, there's, no, uh, there's no red tape when, you, when you're talking to us. Uh, unfortunately, there is red tape when you're looking to um, uh, integrate, not so much at the private level, but when it comes to the public sector. So what sort of problems have you found there? So on the, uh, so as uh, as video games is exploding worldwide, um, you have to look, people have to be acceptable that there's new new technologies coming along, coming along that gaming is not that person in the basement playing games for four hours anymore these are you know either professionals these are sports athletes these are um you know high-end uh, intelligent game developers spent years in college coding programming you know this is this is not this is a business now this is not just a gaming platform and stuff like that um and unfortunately um like we do have a lot of support like the idea is a great support great support of ours because we're an, we're an international event company uh, and they're bringing in a lot of international companies on board but when you're looking on a local level it's uh, whether or not it is a generation thing or not it's uh, it becomes very very difficult to open those doors even now um, the word video games is like a black word <laughs> like it's just you say it to somebody and people run a mile um, there's even on the con- on the consumer side of things as well. Like like half our job is educating people, and until somebody sits down with us and has that conversation with us, it, nobody will truly understand what it means. Um, there was this great article, and this is on more on a kind of consumer side, but it's just a it's a it's a way of people changing their minds. And there was an article uh, by Mary McCarthy in the Independent, and she slammed Fortnite, saying it's the worst game in the world. My kid plays it all the time and stuff. But then she soon fe- realized that when she turned off the game, that um, that uh, she, he was staying on the headset for about an hour and a half, two hours, talking to his friends about uh, about schoolwork, about friends, about going out and stuff. And she found out it was a social thing, and she retracted the whole article. Um, and it's that kind of. Uh, from both industry, commercial and consumer side of things, it's about opening up your mind, opening up about the ideas of what this could be and not closing the door straight away. So when we look for support from the government, unfortunately, it just it just isn't there. It is worldwide, uh, across Europe, across the UK and stuff, it's, it's accepted, but um, we, we find it extremely, extremely difficult to even get it accepted or even get an event accepted over here. Um, and as I said, until it's done, we won't be able to grow it or evolve it to the levels that you know and we're always in Ireland we're always chasing everyone else and it's about time that people start chasing us 
One area uh, that I think the message is certainly getting out and that you're starting to get dividend from is uh, in research. And there's some very interesting stuff going on in Sligo you can tell us about. Yeah, so um, Sligo is, uh, so it's called a Strand Hill Project. And basically what they're doing there, it's um, it's a unique uh, collection of, of about eight organisations. Um, uh, the IDA, the uh, EI, Sligo County Council, Sligo IT, and some others. And what they're doing is they're actually creating uh, Ireland's first esports and game development um, enterprise centre in Strand Hill, and um, their goal is to basically um, evolve Sligo into that kind of work lifestyle um, uh, area that helps grow creativity in the gaming space. And they're doing it very well. It won't be open now probably for another eighteen months, um, but we work very very closely with them, and it's that kind of vision that um, would change the way people look at gaming in Ireland. So they're doing a fantastic job and uh, we're lucky to be on the advisory board and the committee and stuff to help them grow that in the way that we think that you know gamers would really appreciate. When you're looking at the the breadth of skills that uh, that you're going to need, you, we've alluded to the different communities that are out there. Uh, I, I guess you've got to start with the part where there is the greatest lack of talent which is on the coding end of things mm. but you're also looking to pull together people from from the arts from drama from music mm. so how do you find that message is getting out that look games are actually a legitimate pathway for your talent yeah like like we, what we've done over the last couple of years is we've worked closely with like the likes of pulse college and stuff which is which is quite well known for its game development and stuff and uh, what we're seeing now when we're talking to colleges and stuff like that is that they're actually taking game development game art game design uh, a lot more seriously so uh, I believe it's DIT or DBS right now are actually putting a whole, whole a lot of work and divisions behind game development and using it as a as an entry level into the likes of coding and stuff because before I did coding myself when I was uh, when I was um, straight out straight out of school and um, I found it it was C double plus in Java and I found it it was wasn't fair. I wanted to do game development but game development wasn't around or game art game design wasn't around and you'd have to do this and then you'd have to teach yourself but now it's becoming look these are the opportunities now and uh, the colleges are doing very well doing very well in that and we talk to a lot of people like we've got um a lot of the professional mo- uh, motion capture artists from the US coming over um, Ruben Langdon and uh, Nick Apostolis and uh, Resident Evil cast and stuff like that and we're putting on workshops to educate people that um, that uh, drama and that kind of side of things now plays a very large part in gaming and it's an avenue that you can look into so instead of just having the standard avenues that people are used to there's now this other new tree uh, branch that people can now look at and start using as a as a feature set of of their skills and uh, and and yeah it is definitely definitely grown one of the um things that when you look at the gaming sector that's unique to pretty much anywhere else in entertainment I think is that you have the creative element you have that that cinematic process of creation now that is reasonably new but that competitive element is still there as well and perhaps it's the one that you know it is the stereotype so how do you combat this and go look this is a legitimate industry every bit as you know skillful as the arts as cinema yeah um like on the competitive gaming side of things so um you can only it only looked recently 
um, with the Fortnite World Cham- World World Championships, um, where they had a massive prize pool, and I think it kind of opened a lot of people's eyes. Like, you know, first place was higher than uh, than Wimbledon, and you know, and stuff like that. So, but what people don't realise is there's just three kind of avenues of, of gamer on that kind of, kind of competitive kind of skill level. Uh, you've got your kind of your general gamer, then you've got your kind of. Uh, uh, you know, tournament player where they play in you know local tournaments and stuff like that. But then you've got your uh, esports professional, and people think it's just playing games over and over again, but it's not. It's actually they've got coaches, they've got um, managers. They they look at um, math, mathematical equations like how far does a bullet travel if I do this part, do this, or you know if I run at this speed, will I get to that part fast enough? Or so there's a lot of what people understand. There's so much technique that goes into these professional esports players. Um, that it's 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 something that hasn't been realised as much as it sh- as it should be. There's a science behind it, maths behind it. There's um, there's obviously a massive social equation behind it. Uh, you see a lot of psychologists now doing a, a lot of pieces. I did psychology myself in the DBS, and um, and you see so many people now directing their attention towards esports professionals because it's such a unique topic that people don't understand yet that you know takes years and years of mastery it's like um it's like chess you know there's um there's such a uniqueness behind chess of you know moves making where you can move you know all that kind of stuff who your competitor is the science of your competitor science of the game and these professionals have to learn that and they have to learn it on a very 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 technical side of things and until you do that's what makes that's what separates the professionals from the standard kind of gamers and uh, I think a lot more work needs to be done on showcasing those skills to people and making people aware that those skills do exist that uh, point there of learning style I think is fascinating and I guess it speaks to a development that's happening with ESL in England where esports are actually working their way into the curriculum yeah so uh, Chester King is actually uh, part of the British Esports Association and um, we talked to him quite often and he was recently at a, a good body conference that we were helping out with and uh, he was speaking about how they're implementing esports into the curriculum now and um, and they've got it actually quite into quite a good few skills and looking at branching out a lot further now this year and next year and the way they presented there and the reason it's getting so um, so much uh, attention is those skills that I was just mentioning there those skills are a requirement to become an esports professional to learn these kind of skills and they're advanced skills as well so they're not just your typical maths they're not just your typical science these are applied science applied applied maths and stuff so it actually gives you know the the age range of like 12 to 18 this this more of advanced uh, learning curve that of something they enjoy so if you even look at Sweden look at Finland and look at the Nordics like their teaching styles are a lot more different than probably probably the rest of Europe they look at you know what do people enjoy and how can we facilitate an educational standpoint from those things that people enjoy so uh, it's more it's not just it's not specific but it's more uh, generalized towards engagement and how they learn and i think that's what people in the esports uh, thing are looking at now is looking look this is something that people enjoy this is something that they get their heads around and we can do a unique learning curve of more advanced stuff because they're interested in it and uh, that kind of and that kind of science is it's it's really really fascinating uh, just to sort of wrap things up now 
when you're uh, putting together an event like this, you, you've got two components to it. You've got the summit element and you've got the, the competitive element as well. So how large are these events getting? So um, me personally, so in Ireland, we've had a, we have a few events over, over the years. Um, you can see in the likes of the UK and the likes of Europe, you've got your Gamescom, which is just on there recently, which you're talking hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. You've got EGX in the UK, which you're looking at 80, 85,000 people for a few days. Here in Ireland, we were lucky enough to put on a, a nearly a 5,000 person event in one day last year. Uh, the summit, we were looking at about 250, 300 people. And this year, we're looking at doubling it. Uh, and then next year, we'll be looking at doubling it again because there's there's a huge array of um, not just talent but eager talent over here in Ireland that want to get involved with this on a Euro, on an international scale, international side point. So, um, as I was saying earlier on, the education side point. If I do, if we get to educate these people and look, this is actually something that exists here. Learn from these people, evolve from these talks and these things. People become a lot more receptive to what we're trying to do, and we can grow it in those terms. Working with the communities and working with different things, growing that side of things will ultimately help grow the event. Um, and the ultimate side of growing the event is to build that acknowledgement that gaming in Ireland and worldwide is something to be really, really looked at. And that was Graham Moore of European Games Week. To find out more, you can see their website, which is europeangamesweek.com. That's our show for this week. Remember, you can get the lowdown on Games Week and uh, iPhone and all things tech in Ireland and worldwide with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more on our website at techessential.ie or listen to us each week online or Fridays on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio One Extra. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, and from Nile Kitson, thanks so much for listening. And as always, have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.